welcome to the chosen life thank I'm, you for having me <laughs> I'm, I'm the chosen lawyer as you know and uh we're here for episode number seven which is a unique episode and uh something we've, we haven't done before and very unique so and there's a reason why as we're going to explain uh first i'm going to introduce our guest today uh good friend of the show and a friend of mine i've known his family for years and uh, we've only connected recently through the podcast so happens and uh, as fate would have it he's on the show today himself uh terry kutros aka terry the greek welcome to the chosen life podcast thank you for having me this is uh <clears throat> it means a lot this one this I, I i felt it so i warned you before we started today that uh in baseball terms there's no crying in baseball you know that's a famous <laughs> term so today we're going to try to exercise you and i the uh no crying and podcasting rule and, and see if we can meet it Done. So some newities today to the show. First of all, today is the first day of new merch. So we're sporting today our uh, Chosen Life podcast shirt. Uh, fresh off the presses. They just got delivered on Friday. I got them. And you're the uh, first person to be wearing it live right. on the show. So you got there. I love it. <laughs> uh, we're doing it in person. So uh, usually we do them virtually where somebody's at home or in the office somewhere. I'm doing it from my location and we kind of meshed together virtually. Mm -hmm. And the idea was, I've, I had it kicking in my brain for a while, how cool it would be to have an in-person intimate feel. You know, I love watching Stone Cold's podcast, yes. the Broken Skull Sessions, and how they're across from each other. So I'm not ripping off Stone Cold per se, but I thought, you know what, that's a nice format. I would love to try it myself and see how it goes. And when you and I were speaking, we said, you know what, this is gonna be the episode to have it. So yeah. I'm glad we did. And this was an episode that was cooked up in my head uh, weeks ago, uh, months ago actually, and it it's here, but it's not the way I expected it to go. So Terry, I'm gonna give the story of how, from my side, how these things came to be, mm -hmm. and then we'll hear yours. So first of all, uh, Terry's a good uh, friend of the show. You're one of the first people that messaged out and said, hey, thank you for creating this podcast. Finally, a real, I remember your words, a real <laughs> podcast that I can actually stand to watch. Exactly. So that was really, 100%. really kind of yours, thank you. And that stuck out with me. And I thought, you know what? One day I'd love to have him on the show and talk about that as uh, I guess you're our super fan, so to speak. <laughs> um, but it wasn't you who were supposed to appear today. Today is the Jeff Day, Jeffrey Day's uh, episode, episode number seven. And I had pre-scheduled him to have him on the show. And uh, uh, leading up to this, so uh, kind of a context, when I pre-planned the shows, when I hatched the Chosen Life podcast before it even came to air, I already had made, I gone through my contacts mm -hmm. and I had made a list of people that I knew at some point or another were going to be on the show in my mind. So let's say I went through about 5,000 people on the list and I narrowed it to 50. Jeff was on that list of 50. Not only was Jeff on the list of 50, Jeff was in the top 10. And I debated, am I gonna, where am I going to have him in the slotting wise? Now looking back on retrospect, I wish I would have had him on episode one or episode two, but I had my reasoning of why I wanted to have a person that I did in episode one, how he influenced me to create the chosen life, the chosen yes. lawyer, uh, episode two, as far as uh, money wise and the new year. So there was, there were ideas in mind with Jeff's episode. So Jeff was your cousin, is your cousin, great man, one of the most inspirational people I know, I knew. And I thought to myself, here he is. He's a real life hero. He's a firefighter. He's a father, a husband, a chef, great story, and just one of the nicest people you're ever going to meet. You meet him, he has a presence about him. This is the person I want to have on the show. So I thought to myself, okay, when I started slotting it out, I said, okay, this makes total sense. On episode five, I have Buff Bagwell coming on, professional wrestler. 
big superstar. Mm-hmm. Great to have him on. He's going to come on multiple episodes. I thought this, this is his first episode on. And right after him, Nick Fantuzzi, professional boxer. He's going to be fighting professionally in March. Where better to have Jeff but episode number seven? Mm-hmm. Boom. Let's bring Jeff on episode number seven. Correct. That's going to be his slot. I told this to Jeff. Jeff was very excited. For context, Jeff uh, was a good friend of mine. Jeff uh, was a client. I worked with him professionally. He told this openly, so not so sort of client privilege here. Like people knew me and knew Jeff. They knew why Jeff always spoke openly about it. Correct. Um, Jeff uh, was one of our contest winners. He won a chosen lawyer shirt. He was always that. he was always wearing it very proudly. <laughs> As I found out later, I didn't realize the extent of it, but Jeff was actually wearing it almost every time he worked out. Yeah. And that Jeff, was his go-to. I had no idea. Yeah. I didn't know that shirt had that kind of effect on him. Yeah. And Jeff messaged me when I first invited him on, and he said to me, I'm going to be wearing the shirt on the episode. And I totally forgot he even had a shirt. I'm like, that's real awesome of him. Thank you. So here we are now. Jeff knows that he's coming on after Buff. He's coming on after Nick. He was all jazzed about it. Now, I'm going into my computer one day. So you already know you know the full story on this. So I'm going to my computer on a Wednesday morning, and I'm re-slotting out the time slots, and I'm making sure with the Zoom links and everything. And I thought, you know what? I'm not happy how I did this. I'm going to delete it. I'm going to redo it. I think it was on the Zoom link. Mm-hmm. I, ch- I take out uh, Jeff's email because I don't want Jeff to see what I did. I just want to re-slot it, and then I'm going to rebook things, but everything's fine. On a Wednesday, so happens, Jeff messages me in the afternoon, and he says to me, Hey, Jonathan, uh, I'm not canceled, am I, for the episode? And I said, oh, boy, so he does get the email. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) I said, no, 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 you're definitely on. No, no, I'm just changing the links and everything, but we're golden, we're good. And so have it that this is the slot, this is you're going after. And he's like, oh, I'm so glad. This is so great. So this is on a, turns out, on a Wednesday afternoon. I think it's around, I'd like to say 1 p.m., maybe 1230, something Mm -hmm. like that. So we're text messaging back and forth. So he's now good in his mind. He knows he's coming on. He's excited. I'm excited. He tells me, look, here's our game plan. So I'm going to be working out today. I'm going to be eating some fish tonight. And I'm off next week. So what we're going to do is let's get together. We're going to do a workout, you and I. I just built a home gym in my place. So I'm like, okay, great. So Jeff, you know, come on down. You know, we're going to work out in my place. And we're going to talk about the show and do our pre-planning. Because we're about two, three weeks out Mm -hmm. at this point. So Jeff's excited. I'm excited. That's the last message. And I send him like a thumbs up uh, and a flex uh, emoji. That's it. That's on a Wednesday. Thursday, I go to the office. Clueless, don't know what's going on, nothing. I'm talking to one of my lawyers in the office that day. And I said to her, I said, you know, it's kind of interesting, you know, when you plan these episodes out and you look ahead and you think about it. Imagine what happens if one of our guests passes away. What if they go to jail? Imagine that happens to us. What are we going to do? I mean, things happen, right? You film enough episodes and, and we're just talking and we're like just laughing and joking. And, you know, I said, obviously, I don't want anybody to die, but we have to be prepared that anything can happen in an episode. OK, so I said, I guess we would roll with it. And what happens if it happens to the person after the episode? So it's almost like I was foreshadowing. I didn't know. Thursday, then I go home doing my stuff. Before I go to bed, I don't know what hit me. I know I don't go on Facebook ever. Mm-hmm. I don't even manage it. I have somebody else managing my account. But I said, you know what? I'm just going to check something for one second. And what's the post that comes up first? Your post. And what does the post show? It's you and Jeff. Yeah, for my wedding. And it says there, I'm going to miss you. I can't believe I'm never going to see you again. And I'm like, what is he talking about? We just messaged Wednesday. 
I'm seeing him next week. Okay, so I text you right away. I think I said I blurred something like, think, yeah, is he yeah. moving? Where did he go? What are you talking about? Yeah. And then you message me back, and? <clears throat> uh, yeah, it was the Thursday morning. I found out about 8... Oof, must have been 8... About 8.30. 8.30 in the morning that passed. On the third, so when I so at twelve one p.m. on Thursday, when I was half jokingly saying what happened to one of our guests, he was already gone at this point. Yeah. So, when when I was messaging with him uh, with Jeff on the Wednesday, Jeff went to bed that night, didn't wake up, and didn't wake up. So that was the realization I had when you and I are messaging on the Thursday afternoon. I go back to my text messages. I right away go and message his wife, Steph, and. You and I, we start bonding and connecting over our grief because all of a sudden life is now a whirlwind. It's like it was, you're living in a bad nightmare, right? Exactly. Exactly. And like we said before starting, you have that thought of, yeah, he's going to come in. He's going to say, all right, move. Come on. Let me. This is my spot. This is my thing. But yeah, it was that Thursday that just changed everything. Now, and for people that don't know Jeff... And they'll see afterwards at the end of the episode, we're going to have a video of him and a picture of him wearing the shirt and flexing. <laughs> if you take Terry and I, multiply us by three, that's Jeff. Jeff Basically. was literally larger than life in size yeah. and in personality. Especially his heart. His heart, he... You couldn't compare it to anybody. You needed something. You needed... You were down. You were happy. You were sad. You were anything. He was like, yeah, come come over or hey where are you I'll come now I'll I'll meet you here I'll meet you there heartbeats heartbeats away I, I can attest to that and I've and I've seen it I've heard it I've heard the stories and he, and he never asked for any gratitude at all nothing nothing he was just happy to be there it, really I think one of the most selfless people I ever met like 100%. put everybody else ahead of himself mm -hmm. so you and I also now are messaging from that Thursday on yeah. daily and we're having all sorts of emotions. And one of the first things is, you know, you hate to raise it, but are we going to go ahead with this episode or not? Because on the one hand, you want to honor the man. The time slot was there. That was one of his last thoughts on earth. You know, it's so eerie to think about that. But that conversation I had with him was one of the last things he thought about before he passed. It feels horrible not to have the episode, not to honor him because it meant so much to him. But on the other hand, how do you do it without him? And that's right. where... You know, you being you being a cousin, being a close family member, being connected to the show, it only made sense for you to be here. If it wasn't going to be you, Terry, it wasn't going to be anybody at this point. I know. But you know what? It, it, like we were saying before when we were texting back and forth, it's a true honor to do this for him. Yeah. Uh, of course, it, I'll be honest, the episode probably is not going to be as good as if he was here. <laughs> I don't know, man. We're pretty good ourselves. But yeah. <laughs> I hear you. But it's just something. And I remember when you brought up the idea, it's just out of like, like, like you just said now, the selflessness that he had, it's, you know what? You just got to push it all aside. And like we said too, no tears or nothing. It's you want to do it just for him. It's you want to, you have to get this out. You gotta, you gotta tell a story, because you know he was only what 41, 42 years old. So young, so young, right. just like that. And that's one of the first things that I wanted to raise, and I don't want to sound controversial about it, 
but I'm going to tell you fact. And this is life. And life is not always the best. And people are not always the best. And we go in thinking, because Jeff was one of those people that I would say he really thought the best of people, yeah. always. And he thought things were the way they should be. He never questioned it. I'm not going to say he was naive. He was good-hearted. He didn't see bad in people. Mm -hmm. And he would have never thought of that in a million years. He just always saw the good in life. Correct. Person who was not stressed ever, easygoing, doesn't matter if somebody's yelling at him, doesn't matter if there's a deadline. He figured out a way, but he was always calm, cool, blood pressure, good. You know, that's the kind of impression. And one of the things is when I did talk to outside people who never met him, didn't know him, when they hear his age and the fact that he works out, ate well, lived a good, healthy life, it's almost like they take joy in the sense that they say, well, then what's the point of eating well? What's the point of exercising? If somebody like that can go, so you know true. what? I might as well just live. I should smoke. I should live a bad life because, look, he lived a good life. And I tell them, you know what? That's the farthest, in my mind, that's the farthest thing from the truth. If Jeff was here right now, Jeff would be saying, I lived that life and that allowed me to live a quality life. Maybe not Very a quantity true. of life, but it allowed him to live his chosen life, his best life. If he didn't exercise, if he didn't eat the way he did and was cool and calm, he would have had probably a stressed life. He wouldn't have enjoyed it as much as he did. And he didn't always have the easiest life either. He went through his trials and tribulations like everyone else, mm -hmm. but you would never known it because he was a happy person. So it allowed him to live that happy life. And I tell people, if you look at his example, lived at least a quality life. You don't know what quantity you're gonna get, but he got to live that life. He got to live mm -hmm. that happy life for when he was here follows example that way don't take pleasure in the fact then that there's no point in exercising and no point in eating well and just do whatever you want to do because really then day you're not going to be happy so let's say you get to live 90 90 95 years on this earth but you're living it every day stressed and you're waking up every day and you just don't want to be here anymore you don't want to work at the exactly. job you want to work anymore or you're stuck in or you're like wheelchair bound or something it's yeah so that's a better life because it's quantity you know that's true yeah right because with how Without the lifestyle that he set, like you said, it's the quality of life, right? Like like the saying, like they say, we're not here for a long time. We're here for a good time. Yeah. But, right? think, but think about how many people you know in your life at different points. How many of them are actually here for a good time? When you ask people, how are you doing? They don't say great. A lot of them, they'll say, ah, I'm getting by. Hate my life. Hate my job. Hate my wife, hate my husband, hate my kids, hate my dog, hate everyone. I don't want to live. I don't want to wake up. I don't enjoy it. And they're saying, and they're living, like they're like sleepwalking through this life. And I, I, I can say from experience, for the first 30 years of my life, I didn't love it. I, I was sleepwalking through it. I was, just, they say live in the moment. Learn to yeah. enjoy every moment. But when you're not enjoying that moment and you're just looking for the next moments, but you, you know, even if you accomplish something and you're just not happy with it, that's not an enjoyable life. I can say the effect, one of the effects Jeff had on my life as I got to know him and be friends with him was, wow, I learned to enjoy life better. I thought to myself, look at how Jeff lives. He sets a really good example. And, and I wish more people would have seen it. But, uh, but then, you know, at the end, they, the solace I take in this, because if we had filmed this thing two weeks ago, I don't know, I, I, I couldn't have done it. I was not mentally, physically anywhere close to it. Even we were supposed to tape this last week, you know, but you weren't feeling well. And then I had a bit of an asthmatic thing and I wasn't feeling so great. It wasn't meant to be that, you know, yes, in good intentions, we wanted to film it in the exact slot that Jeff was going to have, but things are meant for a reason. I think every day, every week that's gone by, it makes us that a little bit stronger that we're able to talk about this. Exactly. Because I can tell you that first Thursday, you and I were talking about this. I, I sure as hell could not have done it. I couldn't sleep that night. 
I was crying my eyes out. I woke up that morning after like maybe half an hour of sleep. I was crying again. I went to go work out. I was crying when I was working out. I still have days, Terry, where I'm afraid to go to bed because I, I'm not sure if I'm going to wake up in the morning. Like just the yeah. thought that that life can be taken out of you. Just like, but that's the thing, though. Like a lot of people say, see, it's actually I was discussing this with my father, too, a few, uh, a few weeks ago, even prior to his passing. But and then I brought it back up after we found it. It's they say, you know, you know, at least he didn't suffer. He didn't do that. But if you think about it, you went to sleep. Okay, you didn't know, okay, yeah, you're going to wake up the next day. Fine. Like, uh, sorry, that you're not going to wake up the next day. But think about all the ambitions that you still had. All the thoughts that you still You know what? I'm going to take my kid to the baseball game. I'm going to do this with my wife. I'm going to do this with my son. I'm going to do this with my daughter. Right? And But you go to sleep, and it's like, that's it. Nothing happens. The people still that are here, they have the thought of, Oh man, we were gonna go to the baseball game. Oh, we were gonna go to Putacana. Oh, we were gonna do this. Oh, we were gonna do that. And they focus on those lost moments. Exactly. Rather than savoring what they had. I, I talked to Steph Daly, Jeff's wife, mm-hmm. and one of the things I told her was we, we have a choice of one of two ways of looking at this. You know, we could think about the 40, 50 years we lost with Jeff that we could have had, all those moments now that are gone. But I think this one solace I take in this, what if I had never met him? What if I didn't have those years? You know, I, I knew Jeff, let's say now easily five years, probably closer maybe to 10 now. Like time is kind of a blur. When you have such a tragedy in your life and you lose somebody so close to you, time stands still, yeah. everything's a blur. It's a bad nightmare. You just want to wake up and you just want everything to go back to the way it was, right? So you don't really know anymore what happened, how long ago. You're now just stuck in this dream state. And I say to myself, let's say it was 10 years. I had 10 years knowing Jeff, the lunch we had here and the lunch we had there and the dinner we had here and the meeting we had there. I'm glad I had those versus not having them at all. You know, when Jeff left behind, he left two beautiful children, twins, they're turning seven, right? Boy and a girl, Tommy the boy looks just like him. They are identical. It's literally mini me. And here's Mini-Me, the Mini-Me, you know, will not be able to grow up going forward with, without a, with his father. You know, I lost my father when I was 10, 11, and I've lived most of my life without a father. I know those memories. It's amazing how much you actually retain from the time you're born. People don't realize. But imagine he had, Jeff had not come into Steph's life, and then all of a sudden they don't have those years together. They don't have those kids. So I hold on to the fact that his legacy at the end of the day is his children, is his family, and they will leave it on versus not having it at all. Because we're not gonna get those moments back as much as we want them back. I, I know when I went to the wake, I'll tell you honestly, in my mind, I was gonna talk him out of this. I know it sounds perverse, right? No, no, I, but I'm gonna see him, I'm gonna tell him, okay, this is stupid now, let's just get up. You know, maybe he's gonna wake up and he's gonna say, oh, it's all a bad dream, sorry, you know what, I, I, I came too. But what, that didn't happen, <laughs> of course. You know, and I've, I've not been around much death in my life mm-hmm. and uh, I haven't lost many close people to me uh, in an unfortunate way. But when somebody that close leaves you, it leaves a mark. And when I saw him, I'm not going to remember him that way because that wasn't him. Exactly. That was to me like I was I told you I was at the Ripley's Museum and there's a wax statue at the Ripley's Museum. Yeah, just but, saying, yeah, there he is. Yep, that's 
I have never seen the person sit or stand still for more than a minute. He was like the energizer bunny. He was always grabbing something, doing something. Exactly. He was never just that type just to be like, no, it's like, let's go. Let's walk there. Let's move here. Let's go there. Run there. Jump there. Climb on this. Break this. Whatever. It, it was. And I remember when, when, when I saw you like that, that night there, it's after I saw you, I walk in and you just see him and. Now I get it. okay. It's the embalm- it's the embalming everything, but completely, complete. It was like complete disrepair in disrepair in the fact of that's not him. No, I can't be. No, right? Like you're trying to trick your mind, saying no, this is all fake. No, no, I'm gonna wake up. Everybody's fine. Where's the real him? Like yeah, correct. And I I don't know how long you were there for. I think I was there for I like to say forty minutes. I felt like I was there for four seconds. It all was just a whirlwind. You come in, you leave, you see people, you say hello, you talk a little bit, you just stand there, and it just, it's just, it's, it's part of that dream state, you know. And and that's when somebody really hits home. And that's where you know today, when you and I talked about it, we hatched it together. This was not going to be a funeral. This was going to be a celebration of life. Correct. This was a legacy, and this was for his children and his grandchildren in the future them to know who was Jeffrey Day, who was the man behind the name, and for the legacy piece that he would have been sitting across from me today and doing this, and you are. So let's jump into it. We've talked about the background of how we came to be with it. Again, we're not, we're not going to bring him back today, but we're going to bring him back the memory. Of course. So when you talk about Jeff Day, the first thing when you think about is firefighter, I think, for most people. You know, 21 years, yeah, a captain. captain. Um, that that position first and foremost is why I picked him. There's a lot of really good people out there, and people I know as good friends, and they do good deeds and things, and they're good family people, you know. But when you think of a firefighter and what's involved with training, with the risk you take, this is the real life hero. This is not the stuff you're seeing on TV. You know, even Buff Bagwell's a wrestler going to slam people on the mat. I know Jeff would love that. But Jeff was the real-life Buff Bagwell. Jeff was the real-life wrestler, except he was really putting himself on the line every time. Correct. When I first heard Jeff passed, my first reaction has to be a fire. He went into a building or something. Why? How? You know? But it wasn't. But that being said, his legacy, part of his legacy will always be his job. I didn't know him well as a firefighter as well as you would have. So let's talk about the story of Jeff the firefighter. Like any public servant, you know, firefighter, police officer, paramedic, it's every little boy's dream, yeah. right? He started off volunteering within a year, I think it was. They hired him on full time and he just moved up to the rankings fast because, you know. He would have been young. He would have been barely 20. Yeah. I think he signed on as a volunteer. I think it was about 20. Big, big strapping lad. Like I, I can tell you that I, in my high school courses, I remember one course we we're talking about police requirements, firefighter requirements, what the requirements are based on gender, and what uh, person's height, weight. You know, there's a lot of things that went into it back then. Now I don't know what the requirements are, mm-hmm. but when you look at him, this yeah. is a person you can picture him slapping two people on his back exactly. and running, running through. <laughs> like he had the strength, he had the size. And he had that kind of determination. So at 20 years old, he was already into there. So 
As far as him rising up the ranks, like some firefighter stories, things that Jeff would have talked about, how vocal was he about being a firefighter? How deep did he share? To me personally, we talked about some stories yep. because, because he was based out of Georgina, but he didn't really get too into it because like we were seeing before too, it was more he split, right? So basically once he got through that front door of his house, it's just all kind of forgotten. He turned it off. I'm a family man. I got to cook. I got to this. You know, my wife, my kids. Let, let's do it. So if we, we're we bringing authentic here and Jeff is sitting across from me, I would be saying to him, and, and Jeff and I had that kind of relationship where mm -hmm. we could swear at each other. We were just straight up. I'd say, Jeff, listen, I get that you're humble. I get you're modest. But today is about you. We're going to celebrate you. So I want a story. I want to hear about firefighting days. So Jeff at some point must have leaked something. I, we will keep it clean. But uh, from the stories he did tell you, what are, what are any that would have stuck out in your head? There was one. This must have been at least 10 years ago. We're in what now? 22. Yeah, it must have been at least 10 years ago. Again, I don't remember the exact location, but there was up up in Keswick, was it Keswick or Pefferlo, around there, there was a big barn. So it, it was, and it was, a, it was something sentimental up there, like for the area. Mm -hmm. Ended up catching fire, and I remember that it must have been the weekend after, because uh, when I went up to the cottage up there, and he just starts telling me, "There's so many of us. The heat." flame it was just i remember back then because i was i must have been in my late teens early 20s okay and he was just describing it but i remember being there just listening to him he described it to the point of like holy shit i'm like i'm there i'm like i i felt like i felt from his like the energy that he was putting out you just felt being there and you're you're thinking to yourself Look at this. I'm like actually in that like really? and I remember how he was saying it. Like, of course, you know, because they're the first responders, so there's any medical calls, you know, he's told me a couple, you know, are they story worthy? Not really, you know, it's just all but I, I do remember that especially for the community up there, once they found out that, you know, a captain, especially firefighter like you know all this platoon and everybody but i remember at the wake that people just from the community just came and just paid their respects just saying i remember him from because he used to work at zeros too as a kid like younger so he, he was really embedded in that community correct yeah so like I, and i remember and if you go through looking at, at the funeral home at like um the, their posts if you go on you know facebook and whatever and you see the stories you're telling us Oh, I remember Zares when he was 15 years old doing this. He was da, 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 16 years and I remember, you know, he did this for me. He did that for me. It's like, right? So it's not like us as the family, we lost, you know, we're still, even to this day, I, I it, it's hard to work. But that community up there, especially, they, 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 they literally lost. A pillar, uh, yeah. the heart exactly. and soul. I, 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 I messaged the, and I cc'd you on it to the to the fire hall, mm -hmm. and I and I said, you know, given his standing, in my opinion, after he had passed, this is a person. A statue should be erected for him, you know, and uh, something in honor of him because he was such a, 
not mind the fact he was just a firefighter, he was a captain, he's also a member of the community. You know, this is the kind of person that needs that legacy. And, and, and we're sitting here, you know, and as you're telling your story, I'm laughing in my mind because I'm saying to myself, part of the reason why I put this topic on and I wanted to talk to him was because I actually wanted to hear the stories because I had nothing. For all the time I knew him and for, let's say, the 100 conversations we had together, he never talked about it once. <laughs> nothing. You'd have no clue what this guy does for a living. All he literally wanted to talk about was Jim eating and his family. Yeah. In different That's orders, exactly. at different times. That's it. That's exactly you, what it was. you know, and it's funny because at different points, when people meet me, they have no idea that I'm a lawyer, and I don't always openly, besides the fact that I wear my shirt often, you know. But I don't. That's I don't identify that. That's my only part of my identity. I have other interests, and you know, I like to think I would live a well-rounded life. And he did the same thing. You know, he didn't eat, breathe, sleep his job, but when he was doing it, he was a hundred percent into it. But right. in my mind, it's like as soon as he left the hall, he left it behind. It didn't exist anymore. When he was home. He was there 100% mentally. Yeah. And so from that being said, you know, if you think about it, then for him, from the time he started for all those years and then to elevate it into captaincy, which is a pretty big deal. Not everybody gets to do that right. in, in that world. Did he ever talk about the fact that he was a captain? Any stories from there? Was there any talk whatsoever from his side? To be, to be honest, and I remember they were singing at the wake too. Yeah. The biggest stories that he actually gave out was, so, you know, we got there, we went to Vizera's there, we got the food, and I just cooked for them. I just cooked for them. See, I'm just cooking. Yeah, I did, I did a quick little workout, and I just cooked for them. That's it, right? Because cooking too, like of course, like you know too. That was. Huge, 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 like, which we'll get into for sure. Yeah, yeah the, the man definitely was very much associated with food for a reason. But the more we talk about this, pretty soon I feel like we're going to have to erect a statue of the Zayers because <laughs> like Zayers is coming up more than the, than the captaincy. So that being said, you know, um, his legacy will be firefighting, but our conversation is very little about firefighting, which turns out, which is kind of where I thought it was going to go. But... If we're going to talk about it, we have to bring that up first and foremost because every search of him, everything that will ever be left from a legacy, that will be said about him. But if you really knew the man and you you spent any kind of time with him, you knew that wasn't his identity. No. So for myself, as far as my connection with him, where it started really was I, I had his cooking before. I ate at the restaurant. But where we really connected was gym life. So in order to be a firefighter, generally you have to be in pretty good shape for it. And no matter what Jeff would have done, I think in life, if he had been, let's say he had gone and just been a chef, not even just, not just a chef, but let's say he wasn't a firefighter and a chef and he, and he just devoted himself to the kitchen full time, he would have still committed his life to the gym life, yeah. 100%, yeah. regardless of what he did for a living. So from a, gym, from a gym perspective, did you ever train with Jeff? You did. Right. Tell us some Jeff Jim stories, please. I would love to hear because I was about to train with him that week, which he had off, but turns out his vacation was extended by an indefinite period. So I never got the, the opportunity to train with him. So tell us what Jeff and the gym was like. It, it was like I've had a bunch of training partners, you know, throughout the because, you know, the gym, like, like we always say, you want to just do something just to kind of better yourself. Right. But he kind of pushed you to a limit in the sense of you knew you can get there mm -hmm. but with him it just it it felt easier now not in the sense of spotting or anything like that 
but it was you know he just gave you that motivation i i remember with him it must have been well of course pre-pandemic now of course so at least five seven years now we ended up i think it was a snap fitness actually and it was probably not the first time but one of the first times where it was 225 so it's two plates on each side where he goes hey let's do chest and i'm like sure you know okay. and we end up bench and i end up benching just getting down there and i don't know if it was his motivation if it was his you know what it was maybe just the thoughts but it literally felt like i'm just like yep done. Just going no crown yep really? just like clean simple and he's like see that buddy and like see after you got done Right, and I remember this actually pretty this part pretty vividly, where you get done, and you know some guys get up there like, like completely out of it, but it's like with the motivation and him talking, it's like yes, I'm so like you know patting you on the back. It's just like, all right, let's go again. Like you don't need rest. Like you you felt like you did it, but it's just like with his excitement, with his. You know his his being there. You know what I mean, and just like his talking mm-hmm. to you, like he knew how to breathe life into you. Exactly. And it's funny because you know I, I'm not gonna sit here and paint him a picture that he was Mary Poppins and always just spreading love and so positive. He, the man was a shit talker too. You know he knew how he knew how to razz you, but it was funny because he had this talent where he could razz you in a motivating way. Correct. He never did in a hurtful way. No. He never made fun of you to bring you down exactly. or anything like that. So and he loved that part of it. So if anything, he was even more I felt into that part of it. But he did in a way that brought you up. That kind of said, "Yeah, I'm gonna do it." Correct. And and I don't know how he did that because most people I know are either gonna trash talk you in the gym the whole time, or they're just gonna be positive all the time. He was exactly. both. Yeah. There, there's, there's always the one story. It, it always, anyways, every couple of weeks, you know, even if we didn't talk much, but here, like here and there, but. Even like, you know, because with life getting busy, COVID and whatnot, we, he would call me, I would call him and like, you know, he wouldn't answer or like I wouldn't answer whatever. And the message, because, you know, he was a big Seinfeld fan to me. I'm, I I love Seinfeld and the message and I'm, and, and we always, always used to laugh at it. It was when George in the series, you know, he, he gave a comeback to the, um, to, to this guy where he goes, uh, you know, the jerkster called, you know, and they're running out of you. And so we would like, you know, leave each other messages just randomly. Uh, hey, Terry, you know, he'd leave me a message. Uh, yeah, hey, Terry, yeah, this is the jerkster calling and we're just calling saying we're running out of you. And <laughs> I would just hear, and I remember those because I would do the same thing to him. Just like, you know, I'm like, oh, shit, let me just call him. I'm like, oh, anyway, Jeff, yeah, that's the jerkster calling. Yeah, you know, and, and it's just those little moments, like, it was just the thoughts and the laughter between us where it was just like, you know, it's an inside joke to us. Like some people might look at us like, you're calling him a jerk. Like, you know, but like to us, it was just like, th- th- that was the running joke with like me and him. Yeah. But, you know, thinking, and well, of course too, you know, I ended up switching carriers, ended up switching phones, whatever. But to, to, to this day, I wish I had those messages saved. Even I keep my messages clean, like I keep deleting. I, I have the last messages when we had that conversation that day, but even the messaging when we first arranged a show, I don't have those anymore. And I said to myself, oh, I wish I kept those. But again, the memories are up here. So That's... we're always going to have them that way. Now, to paint a picture for people to understand, when Jeff got married, 
Jeff didn't just marry into a family. He married into a family. He married... When we call you Terry the Greek, <laughs> there's a reason why. If you went and watched the movie My Big Fat Greek Wedding, <laughs> there's Windex everywhere, and it's it's the real McCoy. Like, I've intimately got to know your family and each member pretty much over time. Yeah. And it Jeff married into the best family, honestly. Um, your family is incredible. Yeah, there's and, no small parties with us. It's There's no little get-togethers. It's, you know, the typical, stere- sorry, not typical, stereotypical. You know, hey, come over for lunch this afternoon. You know, it's a sun- random Sunday in the middle of August, and there's 30 people there. The Someone's always over at somebody's. Correct. Always. Tables full, like a mile long of meats, veggies, pot, everything. So my, my point is with that size of family, you know, he, you may, not everybody can handle that, you know. And so he becomes the non-Greek guy marrying into the Greek family. Mangy cake. That's what we call them. <laughs> uh, we call them Wonder Bread, but uh, <laughs> it, it's it is what it is. Like you know, it's all in love. Obviously, we're not trying to hate on anybody. No. But 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 uh, but at the end, of, in any culture, when it, when there are cultures, when you know you marry into a culture, you're either part of the culture or you're not. And sometimes what happens is you're either divorced from that culture and they're saying, you know, you're going to be one of us because you were not born this way. You're not raised this way. You don't have the culture. You don't have the understanding. Jeff was accepted like family from day one. And you'd have no clue that he was never part of the culture. He embedded himself. And so that's where it's it's so beautiful to see the relationship you two had because the family is so big, you know, and so many people could have connected on different levels. But you two connected. How how soon after you met him did you know that you guys were going to be tight? Because like, you guys were like brothers, really. Yeah. We, from the, f- and, I, and I, you know what, too? And I was cleaning my basement last weekend, and I remember seeing it. He actually gave me a book. This must have been, because they were married 11 years. This must have been like 12, 13 years ago. A book of Jay Cutler from Bodybuilding, and it's actually signed inside. <laughs> no kidding. It was his, I'm not surprised. Right? And yeah. he goes, buddy, this is... And I remember and I remember seeing it on... I think it was Sunday, last Sunday. And I remember seeing the book because, you know, we're just... I just kind of put it away and I looked at it and I'm like... And, you know, you take it and you look at it and it just kind of brings back the memories, right? Because it was like... You know, he would call me just randomly. Hey, so what did you train? Like, of course, pre-COVID now. Yeah. But, hey, so what did you train today? Did you get to the gym? Huh? Are you going to go to the gym? Huh? Like, But, like, he would motivate you in the way of, like, you know, you're thinking, oh, man, I'm tired today. I'm having a bad day. But it's like, yeah, let's go. Get up. Come on. It's like, how often were you guys talking this way? Over 10 years. And like constantly? Yeah. How many times did you work out with the man? The unfortunate truth. Yeah. It's a handful of times. Because, you know, with him, yeah. life, you know, he had the children, life, work, all that stuff. Yeah. You know, we were kind of a distance too. But... I'd say a handful of times, and it felt a lot more, right? Yeah. I can tell you now, and we're, we're you know we're sharing right now. This is like therapy for you and I, and I can tell you that part of this, the arranging this episode and coming together with Jeff like this was in my mind, 2022. One of my goals for the year was to build the friendship even stronger. You know, we kept saying we're going to do stuff. We got together a handful of times. And, you know, this was going to be a good year for us to connect that way. And we're going to make that effort. And this was going to be it. And, you know, I, 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 if I can go back, yeah, I would have had him on maybe episode one or two just to be able to do that. 
But on the other hand, I, I tell myself, I can't go and change time. He did it for a reason. But I take solace in the fact that he left the earth knowing that he had the friend in me. That right. he was going to be doing this. And he had something to look forward to. And I look, and I look for that. But I, I hear you. I hear you. And, you know, I never got to work out with the man. And I was going to have that. That was like at my fingertips. We had it all prearranged. We were going to talk, you know. But we were actually doing it. Like, it made so much sense to go and have a workout and shoot the shit and be able to have our game plan for when we actually are going to sit and do the conversation. And you got to do that. I remember pre-pandemic, though, um, every, you know, couple of, well, not couple of weeks, but, you know, every little bit, like when we talked, he would be like, oh, so, yeah, last weekend I went with Jonathan. Yeah, we went for sushi. And, oh, man. And, and I remember the biggest thing he used to tell me always, sushi with Jonathan and this man's shoe collection. I remember all he kept talking about was, man, this, guy, this guy's damn shoe collection. Oh, my God. And I remember he actually, um, now, I'll be honest, I don't know if he got them, but I know that he was in, like, in the thoughts when he was talking to me that he wanted to buy Tommy a couple of Jordans, too. I believe it. Just be and honestly, just because because I remember this guy, like, he has a whole room just his closet of these damn damn Jordans, and I'm like, yep. <laughs> the you're saying this, and you know you're flooding me with memories right now because one of the points I was going to raise was the fact of how Jack the man was, but the ironic part of it is is that when he used to message me, he made it seem like he was like flub. And I was the chiseled, jacked one. And he would, he would comment on my post. He'd say, what have you been doing? How are you so jacked? And, you know, he, was, he, he really made me feel that he was a huge fan. Like, he really supported my work as far as what I was doing from a law perspective, from a bodybuilding perspective. When I won in my show and I got two medals, he was all over that. He was, like, my biggest fan, you know, and he made me feel great. He always told people, like, he spoke highly of me. And I thought to myself, here's this great man, and he's putting me at that level. But look at him, you know? He was the jacked one. He was the built one. You know, like he's the one who created when I met him. He's the one who inspired me, among others, to do what I was doing. And here's he saying these words about me. But I felt the same way, you know, except except I in my mind, I'm like, he's being nice. You know, he's saying it and he's motivating me. But he's being so humble because he's the one that's jacked. He's the one that's built. Why is he doing that? You know, it's I I never understood it. I'm really starting to understand now. Yeah, that's how he always was. He. Like, like we said at the beginning of this, right? He, he was so selfless that he would always, even if he sensed that you didn't feel good or, you know, you didn't, something wasn't right, he just talking to him, even five minutes, you just like forgot your, just forgot everything. Like, man, why was I just pissed? Like, the thought just completely just evaporated from, from, from your mind. Yeah. Just with, you know, his motivation, his speaking, his you know his i don't want to say toughness but his his thoughts on you right just saying hey you can do it you know you got this you got that come on come on, like that you're like why was i just mad like you completely just it was like a, just a flashpoint just no, no i'm good let's go you know maybe i didn't get to work out with him physically but i can say this much you know he did see me through a hard point in my life where I would say, I'm not going to say I was rock bottom, but I certainly mentally was not in a good place. Mm-hmm. And I remember going out for lunch with him. And this was the last time we had a meal together. And we're, we had this lunch. And he just looked at me like point blank. And he's like, why is that even bothering you? Who cares? Just move on. It's fine. 
You're amazing. Who cares about that? Why are you working about other people? Why are you working about what other people do? Just let it go. And it was so matter of the fact, like it was the most obvious thing in the world. And he saw how much pain I was in, you know? I know he, I could see he's feeling it. And he's just, he's not, he's not belittling it. But he was showing, you know, how he deals with things. Correct. And he, he did a lot of good by me that day. So, yeah, you know, it would have been great to pump iron with the guy. But you know what? He saw me through a point there and he didn't have to, you know, and he didn't have to care the way he did. It wasn't something that affected him. And it was something I wasn't even expected to talk to him that day. Mm-hmm. We were just honestly going to go hang out with his buddies and just shoot the shit and just be there like we always do. And Jeff was a guy that, look, if you hang around with him, you know, you're going to be joking around. It's probably going to be a lot of dirty jokes. He had a filthy <laughs> mind. And I'm not going to sugarcoat that. But in a good way. But the man was human. And he loved life and he lived life and he talked about life, you know, and that was part of the fun with him is you could be yourself around him and he's yourself. He was himself around you and you can talk about real stuff and you don't have to sugarcoat it. You don't have to be politically correct that day. You could just let it go because it's not in anger. You're not hating on anybody, but everybody's an open target at this point, but just in in a fun, fun way. But he was definitely, you know, for at the end of the day, he was really a therapist that day and he was a friend and he cared. And he checked in on me, you know, and he didn't have to do that. Yeah, that's what he always did. Always did. If he knew you weren't well, you know, let's say it was a Monday, you know, you talked to him, whatever. Tuesday, Wednesday, he's like, hey, you okay? Even a text, even a phone call, something, just saying, you okay? Hey, look, I just sent, look on Instagram, look what I just sent you. Just to kind of get you out of your rut. Because it, it stayed with him. Yeah. And, and people didn't understand, you know, the man was firefighting. He was a chef. He was a father, a husband. He had a lot on the go, but he still thought of you. Yep. So before we get into the man as the chef, which is really, at the end of the day, I think really turns out to be his legacy as far as his passion, as far as what his creativity goes. What was his secret for getting jacked? I would have pinned him right now and I'd said, Jeff, man, you are jacked. I know you're doing it all natural. What was his secret? Did you figure it out? How did the man stay the way he did? Was it good genetics? Was it... Was he pumping every day at the gym? Like, what was the story? Genetic so-so. Mm-hmm. Um, just consistency. Because I, I used to ask him, I go, how are you like... Just consistency. Because it's just arms. I, like I told him, it's like, you know, we have gun control in this country. Because, like, <laughs> I, I, the, in that shirt, I, I saw, like, it, it, the biceps just want to rip out of the shirt like the yeah. Hulk. They're, like, barely contained in there, right? Yeah. And I remember he, he used to put the shirt on and just be like... And then just, just show them on. I'm like... See, he wore it like a true schmedium. There you go. That's that's what, when you ever look up the term schmedium. It's not a small. It's not a medium. He wore it like that, so he can get it off. But it's it's a nice tightness, and yeah, he loved showing off his arms. But he did it. But the same way as me, like I don't do it like in a, a total vain way because exactly. I'm just proud of what I accomplished. He was proud of what he was doing it to exactly. inspire others. Exactly, and he would just just stay there and be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just yeah. just so. Not in a way, like you said, not not to like belittle you, be like, hey, look at my arms, look at your arms. No, but in a way of just like, I'm a real guy. If exactly. I can do it, you can do it. Exactly. Yeah. Just to kind That's of inspire you, basically. To yeah. Say. Exactly. So we know about the gym part of it then, but you know, being in his kitchen as many times as I was, you can see the man also knew the ingredients to buy, and the man knew how to cook. So. How how early in the relationship did you know that Jeff could cook the way he did? And and probably like two months in, <laughs> real quick, eh? Yeah. Because uh, he was working at the family restaurant yeah. up in Georgina. Yep. How many years would you figure he was a chef over there? 
it was just when my uncle was like away. Yeah. Five years, seven years at least. Feels like forever. Because I, I remember yeah. the uh, the one time I ate there, I got invited over, and Jeff ran out of the kitchen. Hey, buddy, I'll be cooking for you today. <laughs> Don't worry. And I'll make you something real special, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he was so excited. And I, and I thought to myself, doesn't this man have like a million things to do? How is this man? It was a Saturday night. Yeah. Well, how does this man cooking on a Saturday night? But, you know, he was so selfless. Yeah. He wanted to be there for his uncle. He wanted to be there for the family. And he was a great cook. Like, yep. he just, damn. No stress. I remember those the restaurants packed because we uh, I used to go up there, you know, Saturday night. Beautiful whatever. restaurant. Oh, love it. Love it. Right? Restaurant was packed. People yeah. were this, that. But he was just, and no stress, no thing. Just, well, again, don't get me wrong. My uncle too, right? But, you know, he was just, and, and then like you said, he was just like, hey, buddy, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? Yeah, just like so like nonchalant, just coming out, just being like, yeah, let's go. But, you know, if we're going to talk about the restaurant and Jeff cooking, you know, it allowed your uncle, because otherwise your uncle would have been the one doing it. Sure. And it allowed your uncle to do what he was going to do, was be the maitre d', to be the schmoozer. I can tell you when I was there for dinner, you know, I ended up being there, I think, for over three hours for dinner. Mm -hmm. And I learned more about Greek culture that day <laughs> than I ever did in my life. He brought me on YouTube and he showed me on YouTube every Greek singer known to man, yep. the ones that he saw in Toronto, <laughs> the ones that are coming to Toronto, That's how it. everything came from Greece from one way or another, showed me the origins of everything from Greece. He basically played me YouTube for an hour and a half and I had the best time. Yep. And, and and Jeff kept peeking in and, you know, it's funny, they, they had a special relationship. Them too? Yeah. Huge. They... It's hard to talk about now because, you know, we, we said, you know, what the baby We're not bites. crying. We're not, we're not crying. We're not crying. Uh, at the wake, when I talked to your uncle, it, me and him both said the same thing. Our first reactions were when we found out, why couldn't they take us? Why him? You know, your uncle said the same thing. I, I smoke. I could have maybe have five years. That's what his words to me. I said, no, you got forever. He goes, no, but they could have taken me. Why? You know, and it's one of those things we're never going to understand. We're never going to. And when they say, you know. Everybody has a purpose and life has a purpose and God has a purpose and everything, whether you're religious or not. They, you know, you want to hold on to that. But this is one of those things. There's no effing purpose for this. There's no reason for it. Yeah. And he should be with us right now. We all want him here now. This episode was designed for him to be here. He should be here. We want him here. We're glad you're here. But this is celebrate him. But there's no question that those days at that restaurant, you know, any of us would give anything right now to go back to that restaurant and be able to eat Jeff's cooking, have your uncle telling Greek stories and, and to go to the way it was. Yeah. So, so Jeff, the chef, did he have any specialties? Do you recall any particular meals that you enjoyed? You know, what was his, did he have any particular flair in the kitchen that was his style? The biggest thing that I remember with him and, 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 and the, I don't want to say the worst part, but I don't even want to use the word unfortunate, but yeah. we started, you know, as just a family, you know, whoever went to get together, of course, prior prior to the pandemic, where it was Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. He goes, I'm with, you guys come up here, doesn't matter, I don't care how the families are, whatever, you come up here, I'm cooking. And Jonathan, I remember that first year, this must have been five, at least five years ago, seven years ago. He made one of the, 
like a turkey, I remember. Okay. And stuffing and the gravy. Well, anyways, like like the, like a whole smorgasbord of everything. Yeah. And the turkey, I remember, you just take it, you put it in your mouth. You didn't have to chew it. It literally melted. It, it lit like like how they like you know they say oh that steak was so good it melt. No, this thing literally you put it in your mouth and the thing just like you could have had dentures just taken out. You you didn't need your teeth. Wow. And I remember because he goes you know and. and even to this day, I, I always still think about it. He goes, "We're family. Thanksgiving's about th- like you know, it, it's about giving thanks. It's about giving this, you know, and family. And goddamn, we're all fucking family. We're all coming together. I don't care what you guys are doing. I don't care if we move. You move here. You move there. We're all coming together. That's beautiful. And we used to come together. I remember. And he did. He he didn't want help. Like it- we would go. Hey, you want help? Get the hell out of here. No, my kitchen. Like, he would like really? cuss you out and everything I remember at the end complete masterpiece I remember going through his fridge his cupboards that table there there's so much food all the time the man constantly had food it's yep. incredible and uh, did he ever talk about like uh, his preference in nutrition wise because it seems like he knew how to pick good ingredients he was into healthy eating how, how big of a talker was he for the pro-healthy eating movement? If if it was feasible and he was ki- and, and it was like able to depends where he shopped, which again, usually is theirs. <laughs> <It's serious. laughs> um, he would try to stick to the organic. Yeah. Um, but even with the clean eating and everything, you know, he wasn't really like a sp- on a specific meal plan. It was just more of a clean eating type of idea. Mm-hmm. He tried the, uh, I'm going to eat whatever I can. Yeah. But, you know, he didn't really limit himself. Of course, sugars and, and whatnot, of course. Yeah, yeah. But it was just like that clean, you know, chicken, turkey, just any clean, you know, proteins, you know, try to get as much veggies, salad, of course, you know. Mm-hmm. He was huge into his Brussels sprouts. Loved it. My favorites, too. I, I, I never knew that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I remember with him, he made, oh man, this must have been probably three, yeah, three, four years ago. These steaks, not, well, I, I used to call them tomahawk because these things were bigger than me. And, and again, to the point of like, it was like crusted on the outside, moist, juicy on the inside, where it literally, you didn't have to chew. And the flavors, I and like, I didn't even have lunch now, but uh, the flavors that like were just popping out in your mouth that were just melt, like, uh, unreal. Where did he learn this? Who taught him to cook like this? Family, his grandmother. Really? Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if it was at the restaurant that they adopted. Or he, or he already came in with, with knowledge. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Even from young. I think it was from like 10 or 11 years old. He was he was making his parents bacon and eggs himself. Yeah. From like 10 years old. It's incredible. So you got the man who was the firefighter captain, but really was a chef at heart. 
was also a big gym uh, gym rat, gym believer, yeah. which all tied in ultimately where his greatest legacy would be known is is the family man, you know, yeah. and those beautiful kids of his and his wife. And and Jeff, if you're going to talk about Jeff, you know, um, one of the things I tell people that, that didn't know him and uh, talk to me about him, you really feel like you're when you think about Jeff, you make it makes you feel like a piece of garbage. Like really, this was the miss. This man was a saint. This man was so good. We're all crappy compared to him. Like he set the bar so freaking high, yeah. and everything, including as a family man. Like he was a loving husband, and devoted, and how a father to his children. And watching him, he was so patient with them. Like I remember now. So kids would have been easily, let's say, around two or so, and watching him with the children at a restaurant and by himself and how he's able to make sure they're eating and everything while yeah. still eating himself. You know, very few people can do that, yeah. especially a father, you know, like as yeah. far as, the, you know, they say, I, I, you know, I'm a father and talk about, you know, father instincts versus mother instincts. And especially in babies, it's not, as, as men, it's not so easy. It doesn't always come natural no. to us, you know, because we don't have the maternal instincts, so to say, we kind of have to learn it. He had that. He's, yeah. He was a father as a father and a mother as a father. Like he knew how to do these things. And it was just incredible to watch him with those children. And never lost patience, you know, nope. being beat on in public where now you see some some parents yelling at their kids, whatever. Yeah. He, you know, took it easy, stayed calm, said, come on, let's go slowly. You know, hey, eat. Let's go. Come on. Let's walk over here. Let's run over here. Yeah. Just literally at ease. I remember it was like we were at Sushale. It was a Saturday or Sunday for lunch. And it's like. Yeah, the table was a disaster by the time we're done with it. And food's everywhere. And the man was as cool and collected as can be. Where anybody else would have lost their mind a long oh, yeah. time ago. They would have said, lunch is over. Let's go, you two. Yeah. We're going in the car. Time out. Because yeah. they were not having their best day. They didn't sleep well. They just were flinging food around. And I, it, was a, it was just marveling watching the man. I'm like, how is this man so patient? But this wasn't a one-off. I saw them at home, and he was the same way. As soon as he comes home, right away scoops them up in his arms, yep. and he loved those kids more than life itself. You know, okay. it was he was the best father I've ever seen. You those know? kids were what is it? Not even a universe, like a galaxy. Not not, not even like like eternity to, to to him. They he didn't like like I said. Once he walked through that door. Right, like he he had the, he, I don't want to say trained himself, but mm -hmm. he had the thought of you know how everybody says it now, where it's like I, I walk through the door, I forget about work, but he actually did that where it was just home. Once I'm home, it's my kids, my wife, that's it. Yeah, it's I forget my problems, I forget my stress, hugging, kissing. You know, I'm 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 gonna cuddle them, I'm gonna hold them, I'm, I'll put them to bed, but but whatever. But it came to a point where it was just, you know, basically that door closed. It was done. He didn't. He didn't remember anything else. It was just them two and Stephanie. Let's say they say that fifty percent of marriages end in divorce. Really, these days, you know, the joke is it's maybe seventy, eighty percent. It seems. Probably. And I don't know if maybe 10% of people are happy marriages, just from what you see out there and you talk to people. Right. people are, you know, I, I, I have so many appointments where I have clients where they're buying homes together, selling homes, you know, and I can't tell you how many times I'm in the appointment and they're buying a home together and I'm thinking to myself, 
It's only a matter of time before they're going to sell this house and then they're going to split and each of them are going to go buy their separate house. And I, I'm pretty good at it. I've called a few of them and you can just tell at the appointment. You can just yeah. tell. It's, it's that you don't wish it upon people, but when they're so nasty to each other and they're putting each other down and you could just feel the negative and the toxicity and you're saying to yourself, this is just, this sucks, you know? And, you know, this is not what it, the way it's meant to be. Yeah. The one thing I can say is, that is the healthiest marriage that I ever saw, you know, from, Whatever. and I know a lot of couples been through a lot of relationships I've seen, you know, and this was one couple that I said, if you, if you brought to me and said, what is the ideal marriage? It was that one yeah. because, you know, you have two opposites completely, you know, and one is, one is calm, one is fiery and they blend well to each other Correct. and they each brought each other what they needed and brought each other up and it was healthy and it was good. You know, yeah. and this is the one that was going to last. And this is the one that they're going to be together forever. There was no doubt about that. And they definitely were role models together, Jeff and Steph. You know, it just right. they sound they sound well together. They shot a reality show that way. <laughs> and each one brought it to the table. And they're two beautiful people that deserved each other, found each other. And thank goodness they did because they the legacy is having the children at the end of the day. Correct. You know, but that's where I would say, you know, if I look at Jeff, you can't just say Captain 21 years, let's call it a day. Then chef, you know, Jim, kids, he was a husband too, you know, and he was yeah. a family man. He was good to all, all his family, good hearted. And that the world's first. Right. So, I guess your first, like the first title yeah. would have been that. And that's why we saved the best for last at the end of the day, because when you're watching this, you know, they'll immediately think, okay, this is a firefighter episode. This is really at the end of the day about family, legacy, right. about love. And this is a person that, that when they're on this earth, they made the most out of it. They, he lived the chosen life and he put everything out there. He asked for nothing in return. He never sucked anything out of anybody. He put as much as he could and he left the earth in a better place than how he found it. Correct. And I, and I said from the, from the moment I heard this, if the world was filled with Jeff days, we'd be living in a beautiful place. 100%. It'd be the easiest, go, it'd be like Eden. It'd be the easiest going place. Yeah. Everyone would be jacked. Everyone would be eating, cooking. Everyone would be laughing. Nothing would worry any of us. We wouldn't let any of these things, you know, from what's right. going on in the world right now, we're not going to get into that. But he would have said, hey, you know what? This is the way it's going. It all, it all work itself out. And we're just going to make the best of it that we can. You know, exactly. he always saw the positive in anything. So, you know, I, you know I, I wish the world was filled more with him. And ultimately, you know, from his children's perspective, he runs within them and may they pick the best future in life that they can and having his spirit inside of them i say he what the, the the legacy that i feel that he left not only like here I, i'll give you an example like at the wake um like the day of the actual funeral um one of the first to talk were a couple of his platoon members <laughs> and and again again I, I'm, I'm horrible with names but again big tall guy well anyways, they're all tall you yes. know everybody looks tall to, to me but <laughs> um big guy whatever but the the passion and the the thoughts that 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 Jeff left behind actually brought this big, I don't want to say scary looking, but you know, like, you know how, like the, how the stories go, the big bat wolf, whatever, like, mm -hmm. but you see this man and it literally brought him to tears. Yeah. With a passing of Jeff, like this big, I don't want to say scary looking, but you, right. Yeah. Like you understand, man. 
like nothing you would think would phase him. Exactly. And Jet. this cracked him. Exactly. Yeah. Right? So it just goes to show that anybody that he touched in his life, yeah. right? Even if you go through his the memorial page and everything and says that like like you know how we stayed at the beginning Zares and this and that I remember him playing in the neighborhood and school and this and high school and whatever whoever he touched through his life hit hard once they found out the news you know like we're saying the memories trick back they're saying oh man we did this we played hockey we did football we worked out we ate together we sushi we this we that whatever it hit them I don't want to say hit them where it hurt but it hit them hard, and and, to, and from his passing, and I, again too, and I know I'm not the only one that's going to say it. It gives you a different perspective on life. Agreed, right? In the sense of, I don't want to say we're, none of us are untouchable because again, there's 20 year olds, there's 10 year olds, same things happening. But it just goes to show that. The legacy that you leave behind, I think, is actually bigger than when you're here. Because the legacy, when you leave the legacy behind, it's all memories. Right. Right? So people got to say, you sit down and you're thinking, and I got to, wow. You know, 10 years ago we did this. 20 years ago we did this. 30 years ago we did this. Yes, when he was here, you're making memories every day. But now, I'm, you know, and it's, again, hard to say. Between his legacy, he's based, now it's living on from legacy and memories. But everybody has their own specific memory to them. And how they choose to remember. Exactly. I, I can tell you, before you and I had met, when I heard your name and I knew of you, what I knew, you were tough. You were tough mentally. And this was a person that does not open up very easily to somebody. That, that's what I understood. And, uh, you know, I always thought in my head one day, because I'm going to meet you, obviously, because I know the family yeah. so well. So what, what's that going to be like? And, and, you know, we bonded before, Jeff, and because of the podcast, really. Yeah. At the end of the day, we were messaging each other that way. But then when I knew you, I knew you through the grief, you know, through what sure. we were sharing that way. And I, I knew a person that was sensitive, vulnerable, which I may have known you differently, you know, two months before that. Yeah. And we made... I'm not going to say you and I made a deal, but through our conversations, we did say, if we're going to sum this up and Jeff was here, you know, and Jeff was over us right now watching, which he is. The 100, yeah. And, and Jeff was going to share something to the world to remember from this episode is this, is this is not about being upset. This is not about you worrying and now all of a sudden feeling vulnerable, even though we do. I want you to go enjoy life. I want you to go and live life now to its fullest. I want you to get out there, go achieve your dreams, go do whatever you feel you need to do. Don't worry about me. I'm good, you know, but I want you to be happy. Yeah. And and don't, don't let me, because I'm gone now, for you to be unhappy. That's not my purpose. I want you to be happy. So think of me in a good way. Remember the good memories and let that inspire you to go and live a good life. And don't worry about it. Life is good. It's fine, you know. That's it. He... It, it, he's he's above watching and seeing all this. He doesn't like to watch people crying. He doesn't want to watch people upset. And that would not have made him happy at all. And we know this. But on the same token, we don't have a choice because he hit us that hard at the end of the day. And when somebody that close to you who leaves that kind of mark, you, you feel that void. And nobody can fill that void. He, he literally filled it mentally and physically because of his size and his larger-than-life personality. At the funeral and the wake and everything, 
everybody that you spoke to, that's what they would have said. They, like, you know, people were sitting there crying, you know. Even I remember b- before they said, you know, we're going to close the casket, you know, pay your last respects and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I remember everybody that you, were, that you would speak to would say the same thing. He'd be he'd be laughing at me now. He would if he sees me now crying. He'd be sitting down. Why are you crying? Why are you doing? What's this? Yeah. Let's go. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? The the eerie part, and I mentioned this to you that the the book I'm reading right now on my Kindle. I was just flipping through randomly and finding books. The book I'm I was reading as this all transpired was about a father that passed suddenly, and the whole book is about this man hovering over and he hasn't yet moved into the underworld and watching his family he has a young daughter how the daughter's dealing with this how his parents are dealing with it and 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 he watching his own funeral and it's so eerie that out of all the freaking books on the planet i had to be reading that this book. one and i feel like i'm reading jeff's story now and i didn't realize it. i started it a month before uh, i started the podcast and i've been reading it slowly and I thought to myself, this is just eerie, man. This is, uh, I don't know why I picked it, but I guess I did. So that being said, you know, if that book gave me any solace, it's the idea is that they don't know why it happened. They're here. They're here mentally, the spirits, but they're not here physically anymore. And eventually they go on into a better place, whatever it is. We, none of us know because we only know what this time on earth is like for us. We don't know what it brings afterwards. But the man lived a good life on this earth for what he did. 100%. And may have that life for eternity. You know, that's all I can wish upon him at the end of the day. And if he's here listening, which I believe he is, that he's loved. We're thinking of him. And for everybody that ever wants to remember Jeff Day, at this episode, we'll give them that memory. Yeah, because there's stories. There's, again, it's, it's our personal stories. Of course. But they're damn good stories, though. But, uh, <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's. Right, like you, even even in that Facebook post or Instagram, whatever it was Instagram, Facebook yep. that I posted, Facebook, yes, yes, um, that I even said, right. And again, too, you can look at it any way you want. This is not goodbye. This is till we meet again. Now, again, too, that I'll be honest, that brings me a little bit more comfort too, mm-hmm. just you know mentally, but. At the end of the day, I, I do believe that. I don't believe that this is the end, yeah. right? That there is something more. And what that something more is just became a hell of a lot better with... Time, experience. Exactly. And thinking about it. Even a level with you, I feel like right now I'm sleeping and I'm dreaming this episode. This is not really <laughs> happening. Like I'm pre-planning of what this is gonna look like, but this is the, it still doesn't feel real. Like it hasn't really hit, because since that day, it just life feels like one blur nightmare, really. Yeah. And you're living it, and you have to live it, but it feels like there's I don't know if you have it. Like it feels like there's like you're out of your body, and you're watching yourself go through this stuff, but you're not really engaged with it, Correct. right? Because you're like expecting life to go back to the way it was. Correct. And it won't. No, even like you know physically, mentally. And again, you know, just to, to, to be honest, to, you know, and I have anybody, you know, anybody around me now can vouch for it. From that day, finding out, 
Yeah. Like that Thursday, I, mentally and physically, you're still not 100%. Between, you know, even saying to yourself, you know, it's going to get better. It does get better, but it's how much better does it get? And we realized because at our age, imagine at the children's age, you know, I that's could, the thing I could tell you that when I when I was a kid, and I lost my dad and I was 10, 11. It didn't hit me really till about a year. It never really seemed real. And then at the one year when we went to go visit the gravesite, then I realized he's really not coming back. And I probably bawled my eyes out for about an hour, you know, and the thing was at 11 years old or so, like. I'm, we we sat shiva in the, in, the, in the Jewish faith mm-hmm. for the week, and then I went back to school. You know, and imagine I'm in grade five, right? I come back to school, and I'm in the playground there, and they're starting to get us ready to go to school and uh, to go inside the classroom. And what hit me at that age was, oh wow, school went on for that week without me. I don't matter. I don't actually matter. Life goes on without me. It's not built around me, and that's a hard realization that, that you. Right. Yeah. Especially at a young age. It doesn't make any sense. And that stuck with me and that shaped me to who I am today, good or bad. You know, maybe maybe it motivated me to work harder a certain way. Maybe, you know, I had to strap myself more, you know, because I had to, you know, I had an older brother who was like a quasi father. He did the best he could. But it's different when you don't have your dad, you know, and and that's where I think, you know, for all of us, you know, at our ages, our lives are pretty shaped. You know, they're going to keep evolving the way they are. But who we are, identities, everything else. Imagine now it's really the children at the end of the day when it all comes down to it, you know, you and I all we ever talked about is that is is beautiful children is twin children and how their lives are now going to get shaped. But the one solace in that is they have such a big family that love them, that they have that not everybody has that, you know, I I grew up in a very small family. It was different, you know, so they can't bring him back. The memory will be there, but at least we can love and, you know, embody his spirit for our lifetimes. That, that's what we said from the beginning once we found out the first like to be honest the first thing that hit my mind now of course you know the, to, like for, like to my cousin you know thinking shit he's gone you know then to the wife but then it comes to the point of it's the kids yeah right which that was the hard I, I remember I remember and I, and I was on the 407 and I, I you know because you're thinking to yourself oh man I gotta get to work but you actually slow down right and then but then exactly how you said it too it's just like you experience this tragedy now mm-hmm. and then you kind of just turn your head a little bit both either way and there's just cars going by people are saying hey come on we have to finish the house we gotta finish the renovation we gotta go to the mall we gotta go to school come on let's go you gotta test you got this it's right it, it, it's a hard realization and that that thinking how you, how you said it too right i was thinking when, when i made that post right that till we meet again mm-hmm. because you know that it's not over no right of course nobody has the answers of what happens yeah. but it's it's not over and i feel that yes it brings it brings you more comfort thinking like that but at the end of the day I, I think it's uh, there, there's a truth there that, of course, you know we can get into this topic. Sure. <laughs> We'd be here for hours, but at the end of the day, yeah, I, I think it's it's you know that last line that that was the hardest hitting because 
then you kind of realize he's gone for now, but he's not gone forever. In some ways through this episode, I all of a sudden got a surrogate brother cousin through you. And you got the same through me. You know? Each of us, in a way, when we, you and I came together and bonding over this, we became like quasi Jeff surrogates to each other. Correct. So like, because we each had our respective connection to him and we got connected to the show. The way you're sitting here wearing the shirt, I could see him wearing the shirt right now. No, he would have been... The whole thing, he, he loved it. One of the and and one of the pictures that got posted, somebody took off his his Jim's yeah. Facebook page, yeah. and the Jim Facebook page had him wearing the shirt, and that's one of the lasting pictures. And so, look, you and I, you know, we had our relationships with him, and we had an effect on his life in whatever way we did, and ob- ob- the the effect he had on our lives was obvious. And keep in mind, you know, one day, you know. Uh, his grandkids are going to be watching this. And when they are watching it, and it's, you know, the year, whatever, 2300 or who knows, uh, and they're seeing this, what, what message would you send to them, to those grandkids? There's a last memory, a last thought. You want, what was Jeff like? You know, what, what would you say to the grandkids ultimately that never got to meet him? You know what? And, and just thinking about it, it took me a second, but I'm going to go back to those wrestling terms in the sense of how how Hulk Hogan back in the 80s was how they called him the immortal Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Even now, children now that start watching wrestling, they know of Hulk Hogan. Yes. So how I could say it is he was immortal he was again look at the end of the day nobody's perfect Mm -hmm. right so it's not a proper term to use but he was a man's man he was he was there for you he was doesn't matter the time of day. Doesn't matter what you needed. You needed cook for you, pick you up, take you this, do that, do this. The the, the man was there. The he was. You know, there's. I, I heard stories from his sisters, from his brothers, his cousins. You know, from even a younger age, like prior to to meeting him. Now, of course, to prior to me being born, but he he was immortal, and he is immortal. They say to be the man, you got to beat, beat the, the man. man. Ric Flair. <laughs> Everything good comes from Ric Flair, pretty That's much, true. as far as as far as expressions <laughs> go. And and if you look up the man in the dictionary, you're not going to see Becky Lynch, and you're not going to see Ric Flair. You're going to see Jeff. Jay. He was the man. And um, it was an honor to have the idea of him coming onto the show. I can tell you that uh, having the first live episode, having the first merch, the <laughs> official podcast merch showing, um, I put his picture immediately up on my fireplace mantle. And I can now say that this season of the Chosen Life podcast is dedicated in his memory and his honor. So from the moment that Jeff left this earth, he still stayed with us. Every episode I've been recording since, I've been looking at him every day. And when I'm 
I'm speaking with the guests. I'm speaking to Buff. You can see Jeff is in the corner on the fireplace. (laughs) I didn't say nothing. I was going to wait till you and I talked about it, but this season is dedicated to him and his honor and his memory. And he gets to be shotgun on every episode, pretty much, unless we have the live ones. So, Terry, I know today was very difficult, and uh, it was was a great thing that you were able to do it, and I'm glad you were, and I know the viewers were, and I know the family appreciates, and I know Jeff very much does, because this was a big deal to him, ultimately. I know from the—he was buzzing around from the second I talked about it with him, and I'm so glad we were able to go ahead with the episode— in, in his honor and his memory that people can watch the legacy in the future and know who Jeff was and what he was about. And we just touched, we, you and I, we barely grazed the surface of it, but at least it gives, you know, I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel like when I'm reading the obituary and I'm reading all the articles, it doesn't skim. You, you have to know the person to be able to understand this. Correct. This is not, he's not just a title. He's not just a label. There was a real person behind it. Correct. And his greatness cannot be measured in these kind of wordings. No, there was no... You read the articles, you know, if you search his name on Google, whatever, you know, you just say firefighter, fire. Yes, but it runs so much, so much deeper. than. And that. even we barely grazed it. But if you want to get a glimpse for people who are close to him, this gives at least people a better idea Correct. of the Jeff Day. So this Correct. was the Jeff Day episode. Terry, the Greek. Thank you again for reaching out. And uh, people will be able to reach you on social media through Terry, the Greek. Terry, the Greek on Instagram. And uh, what can they, as far as speaking to you uh, in, in your line of work, uh, what do you do, Terry? And uh, how can people reach you as far as questions, comments? Uh, construction. Well, we do renovations and whatnot. Um, based out of East York, DVP in Eglinton. It's Ceramic Tile World. CTW, uh, baby. CTW. <laughs> yeah. uh, 25 Bermondsey there. Um, yeah. Through Facebook, through Instagram. Give us a shout you need ceramic, you need tile, you need some construction work done. All Get there. CTW, contact Terry the Greek. Maybe not sports gambling like the Jimmy no. the Greek was. <laughs> but certainly, as far as the construction world, you're the man to reach out to. Yeah. It's been an honor, my friend. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for this, and it meant a lot. And yeah. uh, we're going to have to do it. Sorry. So we're going to be bringing up our arms. and uh, <laughs> Just for him. Until, <laughs> until next time, Good. keep living the chosen life. Cheers, man. Thank you. Cheers.